You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. And today we have a super special guest on, Mr. Bob Wallace, J.C. Taylor Insurance. And um, before we get started, I I want to uh, start the show off by thanking Bob. Bob has uh, supported the Classic Car Show almost from the get-go, and um, we appreciate it, and Steve appreciates it, and we all do. So welcome to uh, and Jim appreciates. So welcome to the show, Bob. Well, thanks, and uh, J.C. Taylor and uh, Bob Wallace appreciate the opportunity to be with you guys. Uh, uh, It's always great to talk to you guys, and uh, I'm sure we'll have a great time today. Yeah, there's a there, yeah, it is. Your 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 organization is is an integral part of keeping this hobby going and uh a lot of people don't understand what you're doing. And I think the f- most important thing to start off with is what's collector car churn it's different. What makes it different from going to state farm? That that that, that really confuses a lot of people. Yeah, I think uh, basically uh, the regular automobile policy does not handle all the needs of the uh, antique and classic car hobbyists. So uh, there actually are two big reasons to uh, to go to an antique automobile policy. And the first that, that we think is an important one is uh, the value of the car has to be acknowledged, and we have something called an agreed value clause in our contract that... Uh, allows for us to uh, set up that value when when the policy is set up with the customer, establish exactly what the unique value of that car is and not subject it to some kind of uh, marketplace uh, issue. Uh, And then the second thing I think that's uh, really important is the fact that because the cars are used on a more limited basis, we acknowledge that, and we offer lower rates uh, both in the liability and the physical damage rates uh, for uh, for the for those coverages. Um, you know, other things that are important. Probably the next most important thing would be um, the need for special claim service when it comes to antique cars. And we've been doing this for you know close to sixty years now, and uh, it takes a lot of expertise with these cars because. Some of them are so unique and so challenging uh, to restore or to get back in condition, and uh, that's where our claim service uh, really, really does shine. We've uh, we've always uh, made an effort to uh, emphasize that claim service, and uh, uh, we we always get high marks for um, for excellence when it comes to uh, claim service uh, year in and year out. So we're proud of that, and I think that's an important part of it. And there's other little things that that come into play with the uh, antique car policy. We do have uh, something similar to what they have on the uh, regular automobile policy. In that we have towing and road road maintenance coverage if, if folks want want to get into that. Uh, and um, we have some other features in our policies um, uh, compared to other antique policies where um, we don't require an appraisal uh, for. Uh, establishing that value as long as we can feel comfortable with the value uh, uh, and negotiate that value with the customer prior to issuing the policy will be great without an appraisal and then uh, there's uh, one thing that we don't have on our policy that some do and that is an attendance clause we don't require the customer to be in attendance at their car uh, and if something happens while they're away from it we're going to cover that some some policies do not. So uh, so those are just a few of the things that are unique to uh, the antique automobile policy that I think are important. Uh, of course, the agreed value, like I said, is and the uh, rates are the most important part of that process. Absolutely. The other question that comes up I get asked all the time, do, do, do you guys insure hot rods and street rods? 
Yeah, we have actually a separate program for that. Uh, we do the hot rods and street rods. They are um, based on the nature of the use of those vehicles, just a little bit more expensive from a rate standpoint. But it, in those areas of uh, modifieds and, and hot rods, we also need to uh, worry about the special value of those cars. So we acknowledge that also in the uh, in the modified hot rod uh, policies that we have. Bob, how about um, I'm just going to throw an example out. Uh, a special car, uh, all right, let's say a Wood Hill fire, uh, fi- Wildfire fiberglass car or yes. a Byers. Do you do things like that? Remember years ago they had all those fiberglass bodies and they actually peaked. some companies tried building cars for a while? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that, that would probably come under more un- under the hot ride uh, modified type okay. of uh, vehicle. Okay. And... Um, yeah, the, the, the need to um, be able to handle those from a claim standpoint uh, is is also a special uh, special need. So, uh, yeah, we do handle those types of issues also. Okay. Anything for track day events? With Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah, let's say I've, I've got a 58 Alpha Julietta Spider. Let's say I take it to a track day event and I get, I, I get the red mist. And I have a little accident. Mm-hmm. Do you ever do track taste stuff? Well, one of the things about uh, almost all antique automobile policies is that there is an exclusion in there for racing. Okay. So as long as it's not a racing event, uh, there's going to be coverage under the policy. But the moment that uh, we get into this uh, definition of racing, uh, it becomes problematic Uh Sometimes uh, we noticed lately that there have been a couple of efforts out there to put um, events together where they do do some racing on uh, tracks uh, around the country. And um, in those cases, usually the best thing to do, uh, and it's usually done by uh, clubs or some associations or something of that nature where they organize it, the tracks themselves usually have the availability for special insurance for those events and for the uh, for the individuals also so it would be um, if there's a question they should be calling and okay. just double checking make sure that yeah, I never what they're going to be doing is, is going to be uh, something that's acceptable but once once you get into that gray area of whether it's uh, a racing event or not uh, you should really check into the um, the nature of that event and uh Certainly give us a call, and we can run it through the underwriting department, and we can come up with an answer for them. Bob, what, taking it off the track, but putting it into, say, a time-type race. Time trail. Uh, yeah. Something like that, and or even tours, I assume that you all cover that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Steve needs yeah. a lot of coverage on a tour. I was yeah. to say, is there some kind of exclusion for having to put up with Steve? You, you, have, you have a liability. Can I, can I buy something from uh, you? Well, you know, I, I park on the side of the road a lot on tours. Oh, do you? Yeah, I, I, I sit a lot, so it's pretty yeah. safe, you know. And you, you don't park over there because you want to, it's because you have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah things, things get a, a, little, a little, little problem with stuff. But the track day, I never, that never... Cross yeah, my mind uh, I mean, about that stuff. Uh, they're not wheel to wheel. No, it, it's a time trial. So yeah. you go out, you go around the track, and then there's no car near you. Yeah, so yeah. that's pretty safe. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's pretty safe stuff. Uh, uh, all right, now leading into a question that I've been asked a bunch of times: a guy's towing his Model A Ford to uh, the 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 Ford Nationals up in New York from here, and it's in a trailer. Yeah. And and he has a problem with the car in the trailer. Say a strap comes mm-hmm. loose. He has these Harbor Freight, you know, <laughs> Harbor Freight <laughs> wonderful tie downs, <laughs> and they let go, and the car smashes into the side of the trailer. Yeah. That that was a question. What who who or what is 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 are you li- any kind of liability in that, or is it the t- I've heard tow vehicle. 
you should have insurance on your trailer. I've heard all kinds of different stories, and this come this has started to come up recently because there's been some accidents with trailers recently. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a several several possibilities there, Steve. One would be if that vehicle is being towed by uh, an individual. Uh, who owns the towing vehicle and the trailer and the vehicle in the trailer, that would be one scenario. And the the most important thing is that that antique car that is inside the trailer should be fully insured. Um, If it is fully insured um, and that strap does break loose, uh, there certainly would be coverage under the antique automobile policy for that. Yeah, that's that's good to know. Yeah, because I didn't know and... and Yeah, that would actually be considered a collision claim and uh, would be covered under the policy. Wow. The the other option would be if that vehicle is being towed by a uh, a towing service. Commercial uh, carrier? Uh, commercial type carrier. Um, they, they automatically assume responsibility uh, for care, custody, and control of that vehicle while they have it in their care, custody, and control. And um, even in that situation, the customer should have full coverage for his antique car. What would happen in our situation, we would recommend that the customer turn the claim in to us. We would um, handle the claim, make sure it's paid properly, and then subrogate against the carrier for any responsibility they may have had in that particular uh, claim situation. So... That's usually the best way to handle those kinds of claims. Bob, what about act of God? My neighbor's tree falls on my garage where my antique car is Mm -hmm. because of wind or tornado or rain or whatever. Uh, Most people think, well, it should be the neighbor's responsibility, but generally speaking, isn't isn't it my responsibility and my insurance? Yeah, it still follows uh, whatever the law situation requires in that uh, case. Uh, again, the most important thing is to have proper value coverage on your vehicle. And uh, if if we get a uh, call like that, we would usually turn that into our insurance company, get that claim taken care of properly, and then if there is negligence on the part of the neighbor, uh, we would then subrogate, step into the shoes of the customer, subrogate against that neighbor uh, if if in fact they were negligent or if we thought, thought that they were negligent we would do that kind of subrogation against the uh, the other party how much how much of this and and you deal with the hobbyist day in and day out how much of this is a big picture how much of this do you think the hobbyist really knows well I think the only time, <laughs> probably the best way to describe that is the hobbyist knows when they do have a claim. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Whether it's with you or not. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, that's uh, that's when the the rubber hits the road is when we get to the claim service. And if you remember my initial uh, opening there, we think that the claim service uh, is so important, uh, and we we. Uh, we drive our company to um, to make sure that that excellence in claim service is maintained over the years, simply because of the need of the customer not having a whole lot of experience with these things, not knowing sometimes how to handle those kind of things. That our our claim service steps in and walks them through the process and tries to get them that quick, fair service that we're looking for. There's a there's a lot of misinformation out here, and 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 you do that seminar in Philadelphia, which is uh, always packed with people asking questions. Bob, yeah. we're going to have to take our first break. We'll come back to you right after this. Sure, we can jump on that uh, right away if you want. That's the club insurance part you were asking. Yes, yes. We'll yep. right after this. Okay. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you.
Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Our guest today is Mr. Bob Wallace, better known as Mr. J.C. Taylor Insurance. Been yes. insuring <laughs> Steve and his cars for years. Well, my father, I mean, too. His father, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so they were. Th- I think they were. Were you the first? Were J. C. Taylor the first, or one for sure? One of the first doing this specialized stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely, Steve. We go back uh, into the uh, uh, late late fifties, early sixties uh, with our program. Uh, uh, so yeah, we're we're one of the one of the two first uh, operations that uh, got started in this uh, this hobby, and it was uh, really the folks. Um, that uh, you know the uh, generation that went to World War II and came home and was looking for a hobby in in, in cars and so forth that kind of generated the interest. It actually came from uh, the AACA uh, was the motivating uh, uh, club that uh, got uh, got to us and and uh, suggested that they do that we do something for them. And, we took them up on it and uh, put a program together for them. Yeah, that, that that that's really wonderful, you guys. But there's one. Is there an exemption for parking a Packard on a golf course near a lake? <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about that one? Oh, well, that I'll over? tell you a funny story. We were there actually, and and. Uh, I was over by my car, and some guys come over and says, "Did you hear about the million dollar Packard when it and then." Uh, we got back, and and uh, then later on, another guy comes. Did you hear about the million and a half dollar Packard? <laughs> and by the time we got back to the hotel and breakfast the next morning, one of the waitresses at the hotel for breakfast says, "Did you hear about the twenty million dollar Packard? Yeah. Were you there?" <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, as soon as that happened, I started getting phone calls. Uh, was that your? situation <laughs> that was not ours no uh, it wasn't God, no. But, uh, that was really interesting uh and and just gives you an idea of what can happen with the cars out there from a claim standpoint and certainly that would be covered yeah wow. does, does, does the fact that you cover steve mean that you will take just about <laughs> anybody and everything uh, i know <laughs> we had to put special clauses on steve yeah but one thing that i was the first with jc taylor was i had the first hot rod that they ever insured bob garrison called you yes and and said i've got a guy's been around forever and has a hot rod and you, i remember you called him back and said We'll take a chance on this guy. <laughs> yeah, it was only because of Bob. Bob, you have certainly a different uh, look, perspective, so forth and so on, as compared to some of our guests. Um, how's your crystal ball today? What, what do you see? We, As you know, um, Steve and I, when we first started the show, and, and then Jim... We've always, our mission has been, and still is, just like uh, one of our promos uh, from Alfred State, is to get young people involved in the hobby. From your crystal ball, what do you see and where do you see the hobby going? Mm-hmm. It's, it's really a, a very difficult question because it's a moving target. I think there's a lot of moving parts to it. Um, the most important uh, thing is that I think... It's always going to be there. It's going to be a hobby that that is maintained over the years. I think natural evolution of uh, of the hobby will occur. Uh, the uh, important thing is that yes, the youth are um, are important to us. Uh, but I think naturally, what happens with uh, with the youth situation, and it's good that 
that we get the youth involved in this because it it sets seeds for the future for us and that is that even though that youngster will probably go away from that uh, the concept of the hobby for a while the fact that we've set that seed is something that will get him to come back when and if he's ready in the future whether it's economic or whether it's because of his career path or whatever might be happening when you're younger uh, I think that uh, I think that's going to naturally continue to happen well, what about uh, so, the cost so of I think we're going to be okay in the long run on this thing well, what, what about the cost of getting into the hobby not only from an yeah. insurance standpoint but just buying the initial uh, uh, well, that's that's sort of what I'm trying to say here is that, you know, as as these youngsters uh, begin their life, of course, they have no assets uh, to, to really fall back on to get involved in the hobby, unless they're lucky enough to have somebody to support them. Uh, but that doesn't always happen very often. So you're going to have gaps in time where uh, that individual may not be able to afford to get into the hobby and spend the money it takes to have a hobby car uh, they might have enough money to just have regular transportation but to have the extra you know discretionary income to uh, to, to be part of the hobby is going to be pretty difficult for a lot of for for, uh, for several years so that's why I say there's a, I think there's a natural evolution that that, um, that people go through uh, when they're younger Yes, it's great to get them interested at the shows and to take them to the shows and to let them see the cars and to uh, still maintain that interest. Yes, right. Yeah. But naturally, they're going to probably have to wait a while before they can actually get both feet into that hobby, you know? Yeah, well, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said plant the seed. And and where do you start insuring? Do, will you insure an 18-year-old, or do you start at 25? Or is Well, that's, that's also a moving target for us. We... Uh, we try to be as accommodating as possible. I think that uh, we're looking for uh, folks that are uh, with at least some years of experience in driving, so we're looking for them to be in their 20s at least. Uh, it also depends on whether or not they, uh, the type of car that they want to insure and, and uh, whether they want to insure it on their own or whether they're uh, they're part of the father's or, or uncle's policy or, or things like that. So there's a lot of different moving parts. There are folks out there that have an interest that way. Um, you know, our 800 number is right there, and one of the underwriters can certainly, you know, uh, review all those issues that might be involved and uh, see what we can do for them, you know. Bob, going along with this, I know that you attend a lot of the shows in your opinion, are the different shows and are which ones are working for the hobby? Yeah, we do. Um, we do tend a lot of shows during the course of the year. Uh, we have um, more than uh, I'll just say more than a hundred shows that we go to during the course of the year throughout the country. Uh, for example, um, coming up, we have um, a big August. Um, revenue that we uh, were taking care of. Um, maybe you guys have heard of uh, McCungie where they have yep. the oh, Dr. Yes. Oss, Oss, yeah. Oss Fest. Yes. Uh, that's an AACA uh, event uh, type of uh, over there in Pennsylvania. Uh, we do hot August nights out in Reno. Uh, this month we do Carlisle Corvettes uh, over in Pennsylvania. Uh, we do back in McCungie again towards the end of the month we, we do Wheels of Time, which is a combination antique and modified type show. And there's a one one uh, day uh, event at Boyertown Museum uh, called Dorier Day, and that's a one day event for the for the older cars, mostly older cars. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah, Steve and I started at Dorier when yeah, we yeah. started our careers in the car business. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. so yeah, we yeah. we do a lot of the shows. Um, of course, there's always the big shows, the Hershey's, Hershey, and, uh, yeah. Carlisle's, and that type of thing. And uh, we go usually go out to the uh, the auctions in January out in uh, Phoenix uh, and uh, Scottsdale um, to uh, be part of those events out there. And they're always very well attended recently. Yeah, let's, let's go back to coverage for a minute. Let's just say I've got a nice antique car. Well, I'll just use Steve's example. 
my uh, daughter jumps in an MGB like Steve has and decides yep. she's going to drive it to school. Yep. Nice day, top down, mm-hmm. parks it in the parking garage. Is that covered? Well, sure. Um, the The event itself is going to be covered. Um, whether or not it's been properly used, um, we'll worry about that later. But the but the claim is going to be covered. Okay. Uh, if in fact it's not being used properly, that- we might be calling up Steve and saying, "Look, Steve." You know, I told you you shouldn't be doing these kind of things. And, uh, you got a black mark on your record, so don't let it happen again. I understand. I'll, yeah. I'll be more careful, Dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's easy to do. You get a warm spring day, and, you, you know, you want to put the top down and go, and mm-hmm. I'm not at home. She jumps in the car. She knows where it is, yep. backs it out of the garage, and takes yep. it to college. What about, yeah, now, here's. So now, wait a second. It's. It's a standard shift. They don't know how to drive. No. My, my, uh, look, <laughs> my kids went to the University of Ronaldo standard shift driving. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, this is one you hear, too, from, from people. Because I do a lot more tours than I do car shows. Uh, Grandpa won't let his 21-year-old grandson drive the Model A on this tour because mm-hmm. he said he's not covered. Well, he is covered. Um, it's, again, the same kind of scenario. Okay. We're going to go ahead and cover that. And then we're going to uh, call Grandpa and tell him, uh, <laughs> look, we, you should have been checking with us about this. Uh, uh, just so we, we probably would have covered that situation if, he, if Grandpa had called. Yeah, he's in, the, he's in the car with the kid, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. And uh, we would have given him okay on that. Um, he wouldn't have needed the okay, but we would have given him the yeah. okay. These are just, sure these yeah, just misinformation. Right and I know I've got to call you because I'm finally going to get the car I've always wanted, a, a uh, 87 Yugo. I've lusted after one of those oh, forever. Can you get two? <laughs> I, I think there's only one left that runs. Uh, oh, yeah, well, you need some parts. Uh, <laughs> Let's see, uh, Bob, not only are you the number one in insurance, but you're also very active, and do you still have, I believe it's a red pickup? We do still have the red pickup. It's a 1920 Model T Ford um, uh, red uh, pickup wagon, farm wagon, uh, that's been, that was restored probably back in the late 50s. And believe it or not, that, that thing has been you know, tenderly taken care of over the years and uh, is still looking really great. I mean, there's a couple little cracks in the fenders, uh, spiderweb cracks for, for the black paint, but uh, other than that, that sucker is still running it really still good. Runs. And, uh, you see it at Hershey every yeah. year. Yeah, oh, we, we, we try to bring that to Hershey, and uh, a guy by the name of Pat McCann usually will take it out to some of the shows that, that he has locally um, down there in Delaware. He actually has it in his garage. I think he thinks it's his now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a name. What do they call that when you, when you end up? Yeah, there's a name for that. Yeah. Well, while you're right thinking about it, uh, we've got to take our next break. So we'll be back on the Classic Car Show with Bob Wallace from J.C. Taylor Insurance right after these words. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Our guest today is Mr. Bob Wallace. Bob is always uh, outstanding to talk to you and, and learn more about insurance and the need for specialized insurance and certainly the classic car industry and hobby is is very specialized and uh, obviously one of our sponsors is Passport Transport which brings up the question uh, of liability there um, mm-hmm. where, where do you start and stop and where do they start and stop well, you know Passport Transport goes back uh, to the beginning I mean, they've been around in the hobby all these years. They have a sophisticated insurance program that uh, will cover almost any situation. And again, they take responsibility for that car while it's in their care, custody, and control. Uh, That's just part of uh, the way uh, business is done. And uh, what that also, what I would also recommend is, regardless of what uh, Passport Transport does. The individual should still maintain insurance. Um, for example, uh, somebody might say, well, look, I'm going to ship this thing out to be sold. I, I don't really need insurance on it anymore. Keep that insurance on that vehicle until it's been sold. And um, and you know that the title's been transferred, the uh, transaction has been done. Uh, it, it's not worth not keeping it on for that few few extra days. Yeah, that's a good Just point. in case something doesn't go right in the claim situation you want to make sure that you're covering your car properly they have a responsibility also but you want to make sure that you cover your car properly so we always always recommend that they keep that coverage on their policy until we know for sure that the car's been sold what what about somebody like steve that has a number of cars and not picking on steve but he goes out uh, this afternoon and finds the love of his life and buys it. Do you all have like an automatic rider that'll cover Steve until he calls you and says, "I just bought a new car." Calls you on Monday and says, mm-hmm. "I just bought a new car and I need to put it on my policy." But do you have the the three days between Friday buying it and Monday you all opening again? Yeah, we expect the customer to notify us within a reasonable time after that. But during that time, yes, he is covered. Uh, Bob, how about? Where Steve's got a car for sale, and somebody comes and, and drives it, and mm-hmm. gets into an accident. Right. And Steve's yeah. not with him. I mean, it's he, Steve knows the person. Let's say it's I come get it. Somebody rear ends me, which is common here in Atlanta. Um, it, what happens? Because I know one of your competitors won't cover a sales demo. Yeah, we're going to be we're going to be fine with that situation we're going to cover uh steve for his uh whatever <laughs> responsibilities gonna, I, he can had can i take up golf time. with you can i go just play golf with you this is not sounding too good this stuff uh, you know it's great we could use steve as an example through all this he's, he's such an experienced guy you know yeah he's the best <laughs> with, with, with the following up on what jim started uh, what about a car that doesn't have necessarily, and, and we have a lot of cars sold here, brand new cars in Atlanta sold here that don't have turn signals. But say it's a, it's a classic car, a classic car that doesn't have some of the features, you know, it, it's licensed and all of that. Yes. But and and somebody does rear end, so it's still whether they gave a hand signal or didn't give a hand signal that they were turning left and, and yeah. they had no blinker or anything like that. Uh, it's still covered and absolutely we're still going to cover that situation uh we'll we'll let it work itself out uh as to who's responsible uh you know depending on the claim situation but we're definitely going to be covering the our customer for uh for the use of his vehicle what? and maybe whether he has the turn signal on or not he's going to be covered what about uh, uh, cars in progress? That, that's another thing that I get asked. You know, should I insure my car? I bought one of Harold's uh, uh, Thomas Flyers, and mm-hmm. I'm restoring it, and it's going to take a couple years. 
and and uh, you know, let's face it, you're dealing with cars, you're dealing with a lot of flammables, a lot of other stuff all the time, and say you have a problem. I I personally would not have an old car that wasn't covered. Yeah, we we need to cover those cars. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty important. Yeah, yeah, that's another question. But anyway, I have a couple of club questions, and this is very current because uh, you know I'm on the horses carriage board after getting yeah after being on a ACA board, and this comes up a lot. Uh, and I know you insure a lot of the clubs. Yes. Okay. One of the deals that's going on now is because of the cost of membership, so on and so forth. A local club is not requiring members to be members to participate in one of the monthly events. They're saying, even though they used to be, but they don't want to pay the membership fee anymore to the national office, and some of them are getting a little on the pricey side, uh, and they have a problem, and you you hold, we'll just say again, horses carriage, you hold their insurance. Somebody has a problem. They used to be a member, but now they're considered a guest, and they have more guests in their local region than they have members now, simply because this is becoming... Uh, we're hearing a lot of this kind of stuff. What What's your take on this guest versus national and local member stuff? This is a big issue right now. Well, I think what we have to do is define who we're insuring here, and uh, we are insuring... Uh, the ABC Club uh, for general liability. And anything that the AB, ABC Club is doing uh, under their auspices uh, that qualifies as a ABC Club event is going to be covered by uh, that policy, that general liability policy. So that's really what it boils down to. If, for example, you have a chapter that no longer is qualifying as a member of that ABC club uh, because they're not doing things in a certain way based on the bylaws of that club they would not be considered part of the club anymore if they're not doing it properly they're Uh, members as well well I I mean they wouldn't be members if they're not following procedures properly right the bylaws would probably exclude them from membership if, if that was the case yeah. As long as the bylaws are covering them as uh, continuing to be part of the club, uh, then they would be okay. But if the bylaws are interpreted in such a way that they're no longer eligible to be part of the club, then then they wouldn't be covered under so, the uh, general liability policy. Okay. So what I'm what I'm hearing from you is because this this is going on right now that they have to be in compliance with the National Umbrella Organization's policies, procedures, whatever it happens to be, in order to be covered. Yep. I think if you went to the bylaws, you would find probably definition of what qualifies as a chapter or region. Yes. And what they have to do to be part of the club. And if they violate those those regulations, they can be uh, excluded. Here's an example. Let's suppose you have an entity out there that thinks that they're a, uh, a part of the club, and uh, they aren't because they violated the bylaws and so forth. In that situation, they may not have coverage. That's good to know because this is this is becoming an be quickly and not just in in, in some of the other ones, but this is becoming a, a contested issue. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure you're well aware of this because I know you insure a lot of the clubs, and, and I'm sure you've been contacted on this. And, and uh, yeah. it's a well, usually, yeah, usually what happens is that uh, you know some of these ABC clubs will say, okay, you have to be a member of the national and the local, you know, that type of thing. And some of them say, well, I'll, I'll pay for the for the local, but I don't want to be part yes, of the national. Yes, that happens a lot, and that becomes a problem. Uh, if your definition, your bylaws require both, that could become problematic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, jumping from the 20th century to the 21st century, and uh, our our uh, president has, has made uh, Twitter a household word. What is what? Where is J.C. Taylor on social media? The internet. Sure. Well, like most. Um, business and so forth we have to keep up with the uh, 
changing times and so forth. So uh, when it comes to uh, the social media, we are involved with Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, talk to uh, my marketing guy, John Cookson, at the agency, and he said, don't forget to tell the guys that if they want to tell their, their customers and so forth out there, that um, their listeners, that um, if they want to send photos into J.C. Taylor, uh, uh they can send to advert at jctaylor.com. And John will make every effort to, uh, as long as they give us permission, he'll make every effort to uh, make use of those either in advertising or in on the uh, on the Internet or through some other means. Uh, so if they want to send those things in, and also uh, if they want to go to jctaylor.com, uh, there's... Uh, connections to the Facebook and Twitter and Instagram in there that everybody can take advantage of. You know, I get up every morning and I rush into my office expecting to have a tweet from uh, Bob Wallace, and, <laughs> and it just hadn't been happening. When, when are you going to start this? That, maybe next year. Next year. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe five years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Maybe, maybe five that's years. That's the worst thing that's time. ever happened to us old guys Twitter. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. Hey, Bob, mileage limits. Are there certain policies where, let's say, I, I go 2,500 miles and I want to go to 5,000? Can I get the policy uh, adjusted to that? Or is, well, that's, is, uh, that's that, a great question. I think it's a very important question. We do not have any mileage limit on our policy. Wow. That's good. That's Boy. wonderful. That's a yeah, big we, plus. Yeah. We expect the vehicles to be used uh, for hobby purposes, and as long as they're using them for hobby purposes, they can travel as far as they want. So if it's one of the deals that they're starting on the East Coast and driving to the West Coast, Coast, uh, we're fine. Yeah, cannonball reenactment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do five tours a year, and they're five days, and each one is about 100 miles a day, so that's over, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're you're good. Uh, as long as we're using those vehicles, that's the most important thing that we well, try to accomplish. That they're using them for hobby purposes and not everyday use. You know, right? Yeah. Okay. That's that, well, mine wouldn't run long enough for everyday use. I'm like <laughs> Steve. I'm on the side of the road or praying it starts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The old ones are a little cantankerous yes, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, any other. Uh, is there a, 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 a break, like is it a, a 25 years and older, like AACA, or, or how, how do you determine, you know, for the specialty cars, like, well, or antique cars, is, is there an age limit, or can a guy go out and buy a new Dodge Demon and say, hey, I'm only going to drive it a quarter of a mile on Sundays? Well, usually uh, we, we define the antiques, of course, as, 25 years. Uh, okay. The classics, we actually uh, get into um, newer cars. Uh, 18 years is, is our uh, oh, really? yeah. expectation there. I okay. never heard that. Yeah. Can, yeah. We, can we go yeah, into the, this in a minute? We're going to have to take a break. Sure. And we'll be right back. Thanks, Your auto love Absolutely. and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have 
the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show with our guest today, Mr. Bob Wallace from J.C. Taylor Insurance. And, uh, Bob, I want to thank you again publicly. And on the air, off the air, we're always thinking about you and, and the support that you've given us, uh, gosh, uh, 12 years. That's a long time. Yeah. 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 Have we, have like, we been insured? Seems like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bob, you, you just... Steve and I, I, I you boggle our minds because we'd never heard of the eighteen, 18 year. year. Yeah. I never heard. I've never yeah, heard. Yeah, of that's uh, that that's an us. underwriting. Uh, we don't really put it into print or advertising or anything okay. like that. But it's an underwriting tool that we use. Uh, it's a guideline for underwriting uh, that we use. Um, of course, I can remember when I first came into the hobby. We were only talking about Model A's and Model T's. Yes. Things like that, you know. Now we're going to be almost at the turn of the century, so um, wow. uh, it's it's kind of interesting to see uh, you know the evolution of the changes that have occurred during that time. You know, yeah. Bob, Bob. Speaking of that, I'm thinking about when do I call J.C. Taylor before I buy, after I buy, or you know, can you give me a quote? I'm thinking about a '55 Chevy. Sure. Uh, Two eighty nine or whatever. No, yep. Two sixty five. Two sixty five. Yeah. yeah. Two ten Del Rey. So do I call before or after? And what's the process? And do I talk to some some uh, one in India or? No. Oh no. <laughs> no. No, that's for sure, oh, Jesse Taylor. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. No, no. We have, uh, of course, we have the eight hundred number one eight hundred three four five eight two nine zero, which I probably. Uh, uh, you probably hear that on your uh, advertising there uh, pretty often, but um, the um, the approach would be: look, if you're if you're uncomfortable, if you're an existing customer and you're uncomfortable about something that's going to happen with this new car or what it's going to cost or whether it's going to be covered or anything like that, certainly give us a call and talk to one of the underwriters or the CSRs. CSRs don't have the answer; the underwriters will be able to help you. Um, you know, the other thing is if you're a new customer, there's several ways to uh, to get to us. One would be to go to jctaylor.com. Uh, there's what well, we have a quick quote uh, approach on there where you can get a quick quote, give, give yourself a rough idea of what it might cost you. Uh, you can also download the application uh, on the website. And we've got a couple of uh, changes that we've put in place recently. Uh, we always take uh, the application by mail, uh, but we now are taking, you know, with the change of times and everything, we are now taking applications via faxes and also uh, via, via email. So if, if folks want to take advantage of it that way, we, we, can, we can receive that email application and, um, and get things rolling that way. And certainly along with it, if there's any questions, uh, Calling the eight hundred number is always a good good idea. Sure, and you guys are great because I get my cards when I've changed cars real fast. I mean, if yeah. I've got a new car, it comes right away because you have to have it in this state. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is one special thing that uh, Paul, my senior underwriter, did mention to me about Georgia, and that is Georgia. You need that quick response on the ID cards and uh, on the policies and so forth. Uh, we are able to, because we have a, a special connection to the Georgia DMV, we're able to get those cards for you uh, as soon as we find coverage. So um, so that's a quick service that uh, we offer uh, in Georgia that where, where it's needed. Yeah, and you yeah. gotta, some of the other states a, have some needs in that area, too, and we can accommodate them. Uh, you deserve a recognition for special service for that because you can't license the car unless no, you can't. the DMV and... Yeah, but they put the, it on in line now. Yeah, I know. Online, they and cut right done. through the bureaucracy. What so. about pictures? That used to be, you used to have to send yeah. photographs all, for every car back in yeah, the day. Yeah, well, well that, that really hasn't changed. We, we still like to get a photograph, of, uh, at least one photograph of the vehicle. I like to ask for the front corner view. Uh, probably driver's side is the best. 
um, and color if we can get it and um, and certainly we can take those through email or we can take those uh, through a fax uh, and try to accomplish everything that way but we do like that uh, that uh, photograph to come along with it so we can get an idea you know we're, we're whether we're matching the proper value of the car and uh, if it's in the right kind of condition and so forth so um, that's an important part of the underwriting process. So we still do, do need those uh, photographs. Yeah. Well, well, other than knowing Steve, is there anything that would disqualify me <laughs> from getting insurance? <laughs> well, you know, we do get, not very often, we do get a few folks that, that want to insure uh, some uh, uh, questionable values. And, uh, oh, yeah, I'm sure. And so we, we try to, uh, of course, a, a picture is worth a thousand words. So, Usually when we see a picture that's got some uh, nastiness on the vehicle, uh, then we might be asking a few more questions, get a few more photographs, or do a little bit more underwriting on the process, you know. With, with that with that said, we had a show on, what, a couple fraud. of months? Yeah, yeah on fraud. fraud. Yeah, uh, a fraud lawyer from Philadelphia. Yeah. It was very good. Yeah. What, what do you all do on on the ID numbers uh, and so forth, and, and how do you... Legitimate and illegitimate. Yeah, you mean the uh, VIN numbers? VIN numbers, yeah. 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 And, and, and Just the, the car not being yeah. worth yeah. what the stated well, value or, or is. Or you, 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 let's say you buy a, a white Thunderbird, but you take a picture of a different white Thunderbird and send it to you. Yeah, you know, thank God we uh, we don't have a whole lot of that uh, type of thing happening. We, I'm not going to say that we've never had a situation like that because I can remember. Even back in the nineteen sixties and seventies, that um, that we had a couple of situations where uh, some finagling was was going on. Um, you know, you, eventually it gets caught and you know gets furred out, and you get get the solution to the problem. But um, we we look for uh, the the photograph to help us with the value of the car, uh, establishing that value. And um, you know we use our uh, our sources for values to make sure that we're on the right track there and so forth. If somebody is uh, presenting a value that is off track and everything, we'll do a lot of research in coordination with that customer to make sure that we're uh, ensuring that to the proper value. I would say nine nine ninety nine times out of a hundred, uh, we're we're usually good with the uh, customer's value. Um, they usually, um, as you guys know, know what the value of their car is because they're talking about it all the time to different people and so forth. So they're the best source of the value. And then, of course, we run that up against what we have as standards and uh, and make sure that we're we're still in the right ballgame. Good. That's that's. A Does good you guys have an it. online value guide like some of the other ones do? No, we really don't at this point. Uh, we are actually in negotiations right now to come up with something uh, that we think is going to be pretty nice. We uh, we we try to uh, even in that case, we're we're not going to be doing our own uh, value guide. We feel that's a little bit of a conflict of interest. But um, what we will be doing is, uh, you know, having a, a very viable source uh, for that value guide that we have. It's so people can access it and find out. Yeah, and I think really one value value source is really, in a lot of cases, is not enough. Um, it's really better to, uh, what we try to do is we try to look at several different sources when we have a question about value, uh, just so we make sure we're all, we're all on the same page, you know. Just for curiosity, sake, and I don't even know why the question popped in my head, but is there a, a difference between the left coast and the right coast and in between? I know that there's got to be some questionable saltwater damage, I assume, but is there, in evaluating cars, is there a, you know, across the country difference? You know, I, I, I would say that um, just the natural understanding of whether it's a um, I mean, there's always that comment that people make, oh, it's a California car, it's in great shape, you probably won't have any rust underneath it and things like that. <laughs> I think that's just part of uh, the natural uh, understanding 
of what the value of cars is, uh, and I think that comes out um, when we talk about those kinds of things. That could be a question, you know, what kind of, where's the car originating from, and, and uh, what potential does it have for rust and, and that type of thing in the framing, and, and uh, so we get into those kinds of questions when we're uh, trying to establish value. Uh, not very often, but we do get in, in, involved in those questions, uh, well, especially when there's a uh, concern about something. Yeah, Bob, Bob, you've been very thorough with us, and we're just getting ready to wrap it up. But is there anything that we missed that Steve and I might have thought or forgotten, or something new? Yeah, not asked. Nothing really new. I just wanted to uh, put a plug in for. Uh, for J.C. Taylor helping out all the clubs throughout the country. Uh, we did mention it a little bit there. Uh, we're very active with the Antique Auto Club of America and continue to be active with them and, and uh, almost all the other clubs, too. We support them whenever they uh, call us for help and support. We're, we're usually right there for them. So that will continue, anybody out there that's uh, involved with those clubs. Uh, I give everybody that's... Uh, involved with those clubs a lot of respect because uh you know it's a a, in in a lot of cases it's a thankless job but um you know they do it because they love the hobby and they love being involved in it and um you know those people need and need our uh our respect and and uh and uh it's important for for those folks to uh, be patted on the back a little bit every once in a while you know yeah well and and my cohort in crime here has done an incredible job in the hobby. He's been on two national boards and spent a lot of time doing it and, yep. and in the youth program. And Of course, we appreciate the support you've given. Yeah, you guys do a great job for the yeah, hobby. And you do incredible, especially you know explaining your insurance program. And I think it's wonderful. It's a whole lot easier to call you and deal with an issue than it is one of the big major carriers. Oh yeah, and I appreciate the fact that when I call up there, and you answer the, the <laughs> phone, you answer my call. Yeah, if you want, if you want to talk to me, I'll be, I'll be there. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah. You 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 can't talk to uh, the head of Geico. No, <laughs> no. What's your name? You mean yeah. the girl on the, TV? Oh, that's progressive. But oh, you can. Talk I get to them the all duck. mixed up. You, I don't. Yeah, all oh, the duck. You yeah, can talk to the duck. You can talk to the <laughs> duck in the in the lizard. <laughs> the duck in the lizard. Yeah, yeah, the lizard. Yeah. Okay. All right, Bob. Thank you very thank, much. Thank you very much. We'll see yeah, you before too long. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Steve, and uh, thanks everybody. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, any of the customers need to uh, have any uh, extra questions or anything like that? Feel to give us. Feel free to give yeah, us a call, and uh, we'll g- be happy to give us the number. Yeah, and give us the number. Website. Yeah, and let the us website. have the number again. Yeah, that's one eight hundred three four five eight two nine zero, and contact us on the web at jctaylor.com. Great, Bob. Thank you. Yeah, and, thanks uh, again, brother. Thank we'll do you, this Bob. Again. Thanks, guys. See you in have a great day. Okay, bye. Take care. Bye now. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. 
just talking to you about antique car insurance, I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Buzz off with Lawyer Liz. Join me each week, Wednesdays at 2 o'clock, as we talk drones, Internet of Things, and technology. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.